All right, all right, all right. This is the All Things Black podcast. This is literally my first live, right? And I am Mr. Black Ovation. Uh, others call me Daryl. I do have a podcast called the All Things Black Podcast, which you can literally see uh, where you can pick that up at um, on just about every streaming platform. Uh, that is uh, Spotify. That's Google Podcasts. That is Apple Podcasts. And there is some pretty good information there. Um, even though these are past episodes, there's some really, really great information in those podcasts. I have guests on anywhere from um, professors um, to more creatives to authors to very inspirational and uh, very um, informative people. And today, as my first podcast, as my first live video podcast, I thought that I would somewhat try to tackle a subject that many are trying to tackle today, and that is in relationships. And there is a a question that is being floated around among a lot of podcasters and a lot of people about what do you bring to the table? That's a legitimate question. It is absolutely an, an, a legitimate question. However, uh, that question is a question that has been very combative on either side of the aisle. You have the feminine perspective, you have the male perspective, and everybody seems to be standing their ground in terms of what they believe that they can bring to the table or what somebody else is required to bring to the table. So what we're going to do today with my panel, with my guest that I'm going to bring on here shortly, is to explore it from another angle, from another perspective. Uh, but before we get into that, if you are watching this live, I want to make sure that you guys like, share, subscribe to this channel because we're going to be having more discussions um, to see if we can combat some of the narratives that are out there and know this is not just another black man with a podcast. I just want that to be thoroughly uh, made clear. Um, I have very broad discussions and I bring on people that I think can lend uh, very great perspectives and insights into the discussions that I want to have that I think other people would like to hear about as well. So what I'm going to do right now is bring on my guest. He is um, F.E.L. Levi from the Forefront Radio, and um, you can hear him on just about every streaming platform. You can hear him on, you can reach him actually on Instagram, and I'll link uh, his Instagram uh, right now as we speak. And make sure you follow him because he's a very intelligent, wise, well-studied, well-read brother that can give you deep knowledge and deep insight into a lot of stuff with historical perspectives and biblical perspectives. So today um, we're going to be tackling that same topic. But again, it's going to be with a twist. It's not just what can you bring to the table. It is what does God or the creator or whatever you address him as require or want me to bring to the table. So with that being said, I'm going to introduce our dear brother, our brother Afia Levi from the Forefront Radio. And uh, dear brother, let the audience know just a little bit more about you. I already told them that where they can reach you at. You have the bar at the bottom where they can definitely follow you on your Instagram page. But uh, let the audience give a, you know, give a brief introduction about yourself and what it is that you are trying to accomplish. 
for the opportunity to be on this podcast. Um, the Forefront Radio started in 2020. It is a podcast dedicated to the diaspora, Blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans. And we tackle tough questions. For example, who were you prior to slavery? Who were you prior to colonization? What was our original cultural habits? Um, we interview doctors, we interview authors. We have a lot of different people in our diaspora coming and share their true sense of their experience. And I like to come from a historical as well as a biblical background whenever I talk about subjects. Perfect, perfect. Um, I like it. Like I said, again, the brother's brilliant. Um, he is in no way, shape, or form somebody that is uninformed. Um, he's well-read. He has a bevy of information and a perspective that a lot of people probably would not consider. Um, so we're definitely going to get into this topic. So again, like I, like I stated earlier, brother, um, brother Levi, a lot of people are having this dialogue. They're having this discussion about what can you bring to the table or what is it that I bring to the table? And of course, most of that is dealing with materialistic things. You know, I have my own job. I have my own career. I have my own house. I have my car, I'm educated, I have a degree, yada, yada, yada. I can travel, all this other kind of stuff. And it seems to be one of those conversations where people get really combative and they have a strong stance about what it is I can bring to the table. And it, and it becomes one of those things where, you know, we, um, you know, it, it's, it's more divisive, in my opinion, than anything else, right? Um, but with that being said, like I say, the topic of discussion is what does God want me to bring to the table? So there is a biblical perspective there. So just with that being said, can you kind of address, I don't know if you've been hearing that same conversation, but can you kind of address what you've been hearing in that same way and begin to, if you would, give us a little bit about what is it that the requirements or what the, what are the, some of the requirements that the God, the creator, Jehovah, Yahweh, is actually literally requiring us to have if we, run, if we want to bring something to the table in regards to relationships. Right, definitely. And you know what's interesting about this topic? A lot of people, when they talk about this subject, they only come at it from like a carnal perspective. Nothing spiritual whatsoever. You know, I want to start, start first off by saying the way we have the concept of religion and romance is from a westernized romantic perspective. God never dealt with boyfriend and girlfriend, baby mama, baby daddy, none of that stuff. All that stuff was garbage. We learned that here in America when we were brought on slave ships. So now when I talk about the ideas of what we have is from a Western worldly perspective. This can be found in first John chapter one, I'm sorry, chapter two, actually verse 15 says this love, not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. So we find something specific here that the creator wants to point out when it comes to how we conduct ourselves in society especially when it comes to relationships. It says this, verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So when the question is asked, 
what do you bring to the table, right? Our women say, my lips, my breasts, my posterior, all of that is the lust of the flesh, right? Or they talk about the lust of the eyes. I have a nice car, the pride of life. I have a nice car. I have riches. I have money. I have a solid career. All these things are, are carnal, okay? So this is not of the Father. It's of the world. So now we got to ask ourselves, okay, what is it that the Most High requires of us as his children? This can be found in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. It says this, And now Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee? That's that question, right? So we're going to answer it specifically. He says, And now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? For those that don't know, Israel are not the Caucasian people that live over in the Middle East. The Bible says that the lost tribes of Israel were scattered into all nations through slavery. So this is specifically to Blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans, people that we call the Black diaspora. It says this, What does the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul. Now, guess what? This is so easy, you don't even need any guesswork. He tells you specifically what that is. Verse 13, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. So now, we ask the question now, since we know that God wants us to keep his commandments, what are his commandments in regards to marriage? Okay, because that's really what we need to ask the question about. The requirement when it comes to relationships leads to what God desires, not what we desire. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, it says this Marriage is honorable in all. You hear that? He said, Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. So originally, all Fripp, when he created Adam and Hava, Adam and Eve, there was no such thing as boyfriend and girlfriend, running around chasing women, running around chasing men. Nah. None of that stuff that we do here in America is sanctioned by this Bible. Listen to what I'm saying, folks. Boyfriend and girlfriend is not in the Bible. Marriage is honorable. A husband and a wife is honorable. So if you're asking the requirements leading up to marriage, you first have to have the thought process in your mind. I'm not dealing with this person just off my lust. I'm not dealing with this person just off financial gain. I'm dealing with this person under the laws, statutes, and commandments of the creator. Okay. So now the next part of it says this. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. We see the impact and effects of what America has done to our people, where we have shifted from husband and wife to boyfriend and girlfriend, baby mama, baby daddy, multiple partners. And this all has led to what? STDs, AIDS, syphilis, gonorrhea. All these are the direct results of multiple partners and God does judge 
Yeah, and right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was something mm-hmm. I kind of want to chime in on and, and to kind of ask you about. Um, even though this is, this is going to be a short podcast, I want this to kind of be somewhat of a series leading up to, uh, you know, maybe people really start to have the conversation, the same conversation that you and I are having and really be, begin to see some value in what it is that we're trying to discuss. Even though some might disagree with it, you know, with what we're talking about, that's not that's neither here nor there. It's, it's better for you to have the conversation so that we can get away from this divisive uh, rhetoric that's being spewed on social media platforms and stuff like that. So one of the things I know for certain is, is that what makes a strong nation is really family. It ain't got nothing to do with guns, pistols, war, war uh, missiles, none of that kind of stuff. It's really about strong family. And you can tell the decline of a nation by the decline of family. So this is where we are now, what you were talking about. You know, the STDs, the, 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 the boyfriend and girlfriend. Nobody's actually honoring the marriage bed anymore. And again, it brings us to that conversation that a lot of people are having. Well, what do you bring to the table? What do you bring to the table? So we're all thinking about it in a very materialistic type of format, even to the degree where uh, I've heard a conversation where, you know, there's some of the ladies, and ladies, please don't, Come at me about this. This is something I've seen on social media. But um, some of the ladies are talking about now, uh, at least I heard one story where there was a, a couple that was married, both making about the same amount of income. He wanted a child. She wanted a child. She saw fit to say, well, if I'm going to get pregnant and leave my career for six months or so, you should compensate me for the loss of the money that I had that I was making from my my job, it, you know, that, that, is, that is really insane for somebody to say in a marriage commitment. But what are, you, what, what are your thoughts on that? That's exactly why we uh, first touched on what we read in First uh, John, because that relationship is based on a pragmatic state of mind where one wants to deal with the person, like he was just mentioning, a female dealing with her spouse just on what she what she can attain, you know what I'm saying? And that's still going into the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The pride of life is how much riches can I attain in this world? How much money can I gain involving myself in a particular partnership with someone? And initially, that's not how marriage was set up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So there are definite requirements from the creator himself that give us uh, parameters, boundaries, um, those things that we are to bring to the table from his guidance, not from our own um, ideologies or what, what have you. So with that being said, with that being said, of course, it's one of the things that is driving us further apart from each other, but how do we bring this type of topic or conversation to, to the conversation that's already being had? How do, how, how do we, how do we introduce something like that? With, uh, the amount of deception and propaganda going on through media, it's a little bit of a challenge speaking to people in regards to bringing them back to the creator. They have to have a willingness and a desire to learn and grow. Um, just like when you read in Proverbs, right, chapter, 
9, one of my favorite verses, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9 says this. It says, give instruction to the wise and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. So one that wants instruction from the Most High is a person that's seeking wisdom. One that wants to become wiser has to have that inward desire to better themselves mentally, physically, spiritually, in every aspect of their lives. Not just financially, but in all aspects of their lives. In America, we have a lost value system where they put money, wealth, riches at the top, but spirituality at the very bottom. So we as uh, podcasters that are faith-based minded, we have to flip that on its head and restore the righteous value of desiring uh, the most highest ways above the ways of this world. Because the ways of this world leads to straight destruction. You see the effects of this, where women are leaving their relationships due to whatever financial concerns, monetary concerns, riches, sex, infidelity, all these different things lead to breakups in marriage because the vow, the commitment, all these things that are talked about in biblical principles are rejected by our people because we're following after other nations. Great, great, great. And and I 100% agree with you that it has to be a flip. Um, unfortunately, there's so many of us that don't want to receive that information and try to make that flip because number one, you, you we're in a society where the gravitational pull of the lower nature or the lower desire seems to be a little bit more powerful uh, than what you and I are actually talking about. It seems to be a little bit more powerful, especially for those that, you know, for all intents and purposes, live their life by it. Like you get up in the morning, there's social media, you're, 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 you're looking at stuff like that. Then there's the, um, the, 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 you know, uh, reality TV shows that a lot of people like to gawk at. So it's like a constant feeding from the slump trough that, you know, that we consume on a daily basis that kind of gives us that mindset. But you're saying that that has to flip. We have to turn that off and begin to get into the scriptures or something that would actually change that narrative and change our perspective. Is that, is that correct? Exactly. And, you know, the interesting about it, our black forefathers actually told us when we went into our uh, area of rulership. For example, King David told his son, right? And King Solomon, if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, is a black man. Song of Solomon, chapter one, verse five says, I am black, but comely, which is where we get the term. I am black, but beautiful. So King David was about to die. And he went to his son and he told him this. This is found in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 2. I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. So now, in our mind here in America, we think, oh, being a man is getting as much money you got, gotten a, having a car with 32-inch rims on it, video games, chasing as much skirts. And being a baller, but he's going to tell you specifically how to become a king and priest on this earth. Watch this. He says, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in all his ways, to keep his statutes 
and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. So he's telling you there's a direct correlation between righteousness and blessings. We always say, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored, but you don't really know what leads to the blessing. The blessings come from obedience to the creator. Nothing that is wicked on this earth can lead to blessings. It leads to the opposite. So the effects of, for example, the curse of adultery and fornication, it leads to broken marriages. It leads to kids being without their fathers, kids uh, not learning the strong attributes that we have in this Bible on how we raise our sons and daughters to be kings and princesses. So he tells you specifically, just like what we read in Moses in the book of Deuteronomy, he said, walk in the ways of the Most High, keep his commandments, and this is what's going to lead to positive relationships in our communities. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and again, that, that's the thing. And so, again, my, my whole um, objective was to kind of talk about what the creator or what the God requires of, of, of us and what he wants us to kind of bring to the table. And again, one of the things that comes to mind about that whole question is, is that, you know, how much, even with all your worldly gatherings, how much peace can you establish in your home? Yes, money can provide a measure or a modicum of peace. Totally get it. You know, you don't have to worry about the bills. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. But everything else is 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 excessive. You don't need a fifteen thousand dollar Birkin bag to make you happy or to bring bring you a measure of peace because it's fleeting. After six months, you're going to put it in the closet, pack it away, and you're probably not going to revisit that ever again because you comp you've you've accomplished that, you've conquered that. So now you want the next $15,000 Birkin bag or maybe the next pair of um, Air Jordans that come out three, three, $400 a pop uh, because it doesn't really bring any value to you and it really doesn't bring any peace to you. So the idea to me is to make sure that the home or the family um, from following the commandments of the creator is, it, is, to, is supposed to bring a, an environment of peace first and uh, everything else will flow from that. Is that, how, how, what do you think about that? That's definitely true. Because if we have a better understanding of the laws of this book, we can then conduct ourselves in a way that the creator wants us to live. The requirements of the Bible teaches us how to live, what we eat, what we wear, how we conduct ourselves in society, our civil laws, our festival days, all these things are written of in this history book called the Bible. Okay. Um, when it comes to relationships, the very first step is to understand the balance of being equally yoked. Okay. A lot of times people enter into relationships based on their eyes. Oh, she looks good. I call it the curse of a big booty and a smile. <laughs> where a man looks at a woman, he has desires for her, but he doesn't care about her mental state, her spiritual state. The same thing on reverse for a woman. He got nice abs, he got a strong chest, big arms, he's making a little bit of money, 
It seemed like a good dude I should deal with, right? <laughs> the Bible tells you how to do that. This is found in Sirach chapter 6, verse 17. It says this, If thou wouldest get a friend, prove him first. Let me repeat that again. If thou wouldest get a friend, prove him first, and be not hasty to credit him. A lot of times a young lady will go to a man, they'll think, oh, he's making some money, this dude look good, his talk game is good, and not realize that she hasn't proved him. So now what happens? She ends up giving her body to this dude. The dude leaves, and she's like, I don't know what happened. What, what, what happened? No, no, no. You shouldn't have opened up your legs to the dude. You shouldn't have been wise enough to understand this dude is running game on me. I should have proved him first to make sure he's the full status of a godly, righteous man. Same thing with men. Real quick, I kind of want to interrupt you because I know you like to flow, but two, two things. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard so many different definitions of what it means to be unequally yoked. I've heard so many people kind of rattle that off, right? I want you to kind of really give the, give the perspective of what that really means. And then the other thing too, you said proof, proof, right? So it's not only the, the female should be proofing the male, it's also the male should be proofing the female. So what do you mean when you say proof? Good question, excellent question. So now I'll give an analogy. If you're a football player or a basketball player, right, you have a playbook that gives you instructions on different maneuvers on what you can do in order to benefit and win at the game. All right. So now for us as a nation of people, our playbook is the Bible. So now in order to test the spirit or prove a person, you have to see if they align with the things written in this book, in this book. Okay. This is found in first John chapter four, where it says test the spirit. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just wanted to kind of have you kind of, you know, speak to that because again, it seems like we've lost that ability. There was one point where, um, we seemed like we had that. It's like a, you know, they, some people call it discernment if, if you will. Uh, but yeah, test the spirit, try the spirit. I think a lot of us has, has lost that because, again, when you addressed it earlier in the conversation, you talked about the chronicness um, that we actually see things through. Thus, again, brings us to that conversation that's being had on public plat platforms uh, such as the social media, such as um, Clubhouse and Instagram and all these other places where they're asking the question, what do you bring to the table? Uh, to be totally honest, that's a question that shouldn't even be asked if you were aligned in the way that you spoke of earlier. With the most high, you don't, you don't even necessarily have to bring that question, but raise that question. But the proving or the proof or the discernment or trying the spirit, that is something that should definitely continue um, and should be in your toolbox or your toolkit 100% of the time. Yeah, exactly. Think about it when you go to school, right? You research the school to see which degree best suits your career. When you go to a job, you research that place of employment, you figure out what's the job requirements, what's on their handbook, what salary, you know, all these different things and factors relate to how you work at this job. 
If you're an entrepreneur, you look for what products you're going to sell to your customers. Research has to be done. But then for some reason, when it comes to relationships, we're like, oh, no, yeah, she looks good. I don't know. He seems like he's got a fat wallet. No, that's not the criteria for relationship. <laughs> the criteria should be, is she a silent and loving woman? Is she gentle? Is she peaceable? Is she cooperative or that word that people hate, submissive, right? They don't realize submission doesn't mean servitude or slavery. It literally means, are you a cooperative person? If she's clamorous, argumentative, then she may not be the best one for a brother. If the man is boisterous, angry, argumentative, quick to brawl, a drunkard, high on weed all the time, that might not be the best option for you to be involved in a relationship, especially when it comes to raising kids. So the first principles is I have to follow the requirements of the Most High. That's number one. That's his commandments. Number two, when I enter in a relationship with a person, I have to prove them using the scriptures. I have to see, is this person obedient to the creator? Is this person following the commandments? Can I trust them to enter into my family? Because remember, marriage is two families coming together. You know what I'm saying? So that's those two requirements that's there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I'm right along with you uh, with everything you just said. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get some, you know, for the people that watch this, I'm sure there's going to be uh, a few uh, words of, um, you know, some feedback. Hopefully, I would say positive. I'd love some positive feedback. But even if you don't agree, that's fine. You know, um, you know, talk to us and we can be able to kind of address whatever concerns that you may have, uh, especially um, when it comes to the word submission and things like that. Because I, because 100% submission does not mean servitude. It does not mean that you have to lower yourself uh, to, you know, be in agreement with a male. It do, it doesn't It doesn't mean that at all. But that's been mixed up. That's a whole nother topic of conversation. So uh, we got about maybe seven, 10 minutes left because I wanted this to kind of be short, intimate conversation, bring you on. And I want to bring you back on again to continue this conversation so that um, we can really, you know, really get into the meat, meat and potatoes of it. Because like I said earlier, I, I, I haven't heard anybody raise this question. What does God or the creator, Yahweh, Jehovah, what have you want me to bring to the table? What is the requirement? What is his requirements that I bring to the table in order for me to have a productive, loving relationship? Because at the end of the day, that's really what it's about. It's not about the carnal things that you accumulate over time. It's not about your degree. It's not about any of that, right? All of that stuff is fleeting. So again, maybe this will spark a, a, a topic, you know, some conversation among other people that where we can actually back away from the divisive topic or rhetoric that's being spewed on these different, um, these different uh, platforms. Right. Definitely. And I wanted to touch on two things on what you just mentioned in first Corinthians chapter 13. It says this verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Um, so for us men, when it comes to the dynamic of understanding relationships and how we involve ourselves with the spouse, we must understand that equally yoked 
has to follow order and structure of men. As far as godly men, the order is this. You have the ultimate creator, you have the Messiah, you have the man, you have women, and you have our children. There's order with God. There's structure with God. We are the family of God. And then when it comes to submission, most of us don't understand that submission goes both ways. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says this, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So women hear that and they're just like, no, not me. Men have to submit to. Who do we submit to? The creator of all things. You, you think that a man is going to stand before the God of the universe and say, I don't want to do what you tell me. But then for some strange reason, our women look at the image of God, who is the man. The man was made in the image of God and say, no, I don't want to list, listen to you. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So in order for us to be cooperative with the creator, we have to understand that we submit ourselves in the fear and admonition of the most high. So it says, wives, submit to you, yourselves, to your own husband as unto the Lord. So what does that mean? In the same way you're going to pray and ask for God to give you a husband, and you're going to listen to the most high God, when it comes to your husband now, you're going to understand that he is following the instruction of the creator if he is a righteous man. And that in turn will leave you to have an understanding of peace, security, uh, truth, virtue, and loyalty. Okay? I just want to make sure I make that point. Yes, sir. And that's another topic of discussion I'm going to invite you on uh, a little bit later because um, I you know, have to get all this stuff together. But uh, security and protection. Um, you, you touched on that. Security and protection, um, when you sit back and you think about it, does really come from how much we align ourselves with these principles and these, uh, the guidance that was laid out for us. Right. But I'm not going to go off into that. And but I do want you to come back to kind of touch on that and talk about divine protection and what that what the requirement is for protection. Right. Because there is a requirement for protection. A lot of us don't understand that portion of it. When somebody says they want to be protected, when they want to be prospected, there is a requirement. There is something for you to do in order for that to occur. Right. So you just again, it's causality. It's cause and effect. But. So for some reason, we feel like we should automatically have that and get that without having to do anything. But uh, Brother Levi, um, with a few minutes left, is there any parting words, anything you want to you know, say to the listening audience that may be looking at us? Is there anything, projects or anything like that coming up? All righty. Um, where do I start? <laughs> well, I'm working on a project right now called Land of Hypocrisy. Um, where we expose the uh, wickedness that happens in Western culture and the hypocrisy of the United States land of the free, but it imprisons the most people on the earth and has military bases all over the planet. So that's going to be an interesting conversation. I started initially with one episode that I dropped recently about the toxic waste that dropped in Somalia and how in 2005, a uh, tsunami came and it hit the 
the uh, coast of West Africa, and it impacted those areas where those drums ended up exploding and exposing radiation to the Eastern African Sea. So you can find that, of course, on the Forefront Radio. It's available on platforms, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, GoodPods, and any other place as well. Look us up on uh, YouTube, the Forefront Radio 1. You'll be able to find the video related to that topic. Um, it's called Captain Phillips uh, Poisons Somalia, something like that. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's interesting. I definitely want to uh, be kept up to speed on that when that does launch. I, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say on that. But I want to thank you again, man, for um, coming on board, especially short notice. Um, when I thought about the topic, I'm the first, you know, like I told you earlier, you're the first person that came to mind. And uh, I wanted you to kind of speak on it, even though we didn't get a chance to, like, really go into it um, like I know you can. Uh, I just want to, again, just thank you for coming on short notice and giving the different perspectives and biblical references about things, because I think this, this is where the country is going off the rails. Uh, we're leaning to our own understanding and we're listening to different narratives and ideologies and things like that that seems to be more divisive and more confusing uh, than anything else. And, uh, you know, God is not the author of confusion. You know, he gives us straight words. He gives us straight paths, straight guidance. And right now, there is total confusion uh, in Western society in, in North America, and a lot of us are not seeing that we um, are confused by everything that's being um, put out in the atmosphere. Most definitely, our people are in a land of confusion, which is Babylon. And, you know, in conclusion, keep the commandments of the Creator, walk in His ways, prove a person first when you deal with them. Make sure that you're following the commandments and that person aligns with it and you'll have more success in dealing with relationships. Yes, sir, absolutely. So thank you again. This has been the All Things Black Podcast. I've been your host, Mr. Black Ovation. This is just the first in a series of conversations that I'm going to be having with multiple guests that's going to be coming on the platform. I definitely want to thank you guys. If you did watch this, uh, the live, hopefully you'll, you'll be able to take, check the, the replay. And share it uh, if you found value in it. Make sure that you like, make sure that you leave a comment, and most certainly make sure that you subscribe. Follow the Forefront Express on Instagram. Uh, go listen to his uh, episodes on um, any streaming platform that you see uh, that you like, right? Uh, you'll be able to find great information in what he, um, in all the episodes that he. Uh, puts on the the podcast and you he's been making a circle he's been making a circuit so make sure that you watch out for brother levi and um yeah you guys be blessed thank you once again and we are out <laughs>